Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host and sister in Christ, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. This is a podcast for millennial moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to learn how to make over their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right. So hello, everybody. I hope you all are doing well today. What's up to our OG listeners? I'm so happy to have you back here and welcome to any new listeners that we have, I'm so happy to have you join us today. So I'm excited about um, today's talk. I actually did an episode similar to this last year, um, and today's title is 2023 Life Lessons, and this one is part one. So I'll have part two for you all next week. But um, last year I did this, and I got some really good feedback from um, those two episodes on life lessons. Um, as we all know, life be lifing, okay? But on the flip side, God be guiding. So um, it's just important, I think, for us to learn the lessons in the low moments that we have, the high moments that we have. Um, I know something I shared last year is that, you know, I have been on this earth for 30, 31 years. And as a result of being on earth and doing life, there are both high moments and low moments, Right. Um, we can't just have it all one way, um, or it's not always all bad and it's not always all good, right? We kind of have to navigate life um, with both or doing life experiencing both 
situation. So I just kind of want to share some life lessons that I have learned in 2023. Um, This has been a pretty good year for me, I will say. I feel like I've grown um, mentally, spiritually, um, struggled a little bit on the physical side. I wasn't as, um, I guess, committed to like my fitness goals and stuff, but it is what it is. (laughs) All right. So let's hop into it. One of the first lessons that I learned in 2023 is to slow down, slow down. So at the top of the year, I read a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and it's by John Mark Comer, and I will have that link in the show notes um, for you all to take a look at that book and, you know, see um, some of the lessons that I've shared with you all, excuse me, share some of the lessons that I've learned from this book. So before we get into that, I have a history of rushing in my life. Like, For whatever reason, I just feel like I have to rush when I do things. So as a kid, I always wanted to be the first one to finish my schoolwork, right? So I would turn in my paper and, oh, I'm done with the front of the paper, but not realizing, hey, there were some questions on the back too. For whatever reason, I just wanted to be the first one finished. Whether it was right or wrong, I just wanted to turn my paper in first, (laughs) Um. I also have an issue, and I've been trying to work on this, with reading. I rush when I read. So I naturally skim text when I read something, Um, picking out keywords, just kind of, you know, going through the lines. So um, I'm trying to be, I've tried to be intentional about slowing down and actually reading each word um, for text whenever I'm reading it. So there's been so many times, y'all that I have bit myself in the butt from rushing when it comes to reading text. And one of my main quotes that I always say is that reading is fundamental. (laughs) Reading is fundamental. Reading can solve problems. It can um, open us up to new information and give us steps and directions on how to complete tasks. So I don't know how many times that I have made irrational purchases or clicked on something wrong as a result of me rushing and not slowing down to read. Um, I have memories of always being in a hurry, um, especially with my dad. For whatever reason, I just have this um, memory of him like rushing me to get ready for school, rushing me to leave out the house, any type of task or something I was doing. It was like always this this rush, like, come on, Nefertari, we got to go. Hurry up, get this, do that. Like, it just felt like it was always this rush with my father. (laughs) So I do have um, memories of that. But what I realized in my adult life, um, and especially after reading this book, is that I have um, some unconscious rushing in my own life as an adult. So there are moments where I'm impatient with my kids when they are doing a task or if I have to help them or teach them a task. And that's where I kind of had that memory with my father, like, hmm, so this is something that I'm replicating with my children when it comes to them doing something. So for example, my oldest son, he literally moves to the beat of his own drum. Um, So when it comes to like cleaning the kitchen or cleaning the bathroom or folding laundry, I just feel like he's like this sloth, just literally moving as slow as possible to get things done. And I feel myself like, hurry up, 
Hurry up, wash the dishes. Hurry up, get this trash. Hurry up, fold these clothes. Move, move, move. Go, go, go. And after reading this book and making the connection with my dad, it was like, well, why do I need him to hurry up? Like if he's doing the task and he's the one that's completing it, what does it matter to me how fast the task is getting done? You know, Um, especially like laundry. If he wants to chill and listen to music and take his time to fold and put his things away, you know, why can't I allow him to do that? Right. Why does it bother me that he's doing it at that pace? Um, so that's something that I've had to do some deep diving and figuring out like, okay, what's the issue here? Um, I feel like I'm very impatient when it comes to running errands, especially those evening errands after work. I'm just like in a rush. Like I got to get off work. I got to go to the store. I got to get this stuff. I got to get home. I got to hurry up and cook. I got to hurry up and clean the kitchen. I got to hurry up and sit down. And after reading this book, it just really, you know, brought those thoughts to mind to me, like, and really asking like, well, why do I feel like I need to hurry up and do these things after work? Now, granted, if there is like something or somewhere I have to be at a certain time, I get that. But if it's just like a typical evening where there's not really much going on for the rest of the day, why do I feel like I have to hurry up and do each task to get it completed? What I realized is that I am irritated when it comes to a task that has multiple steps or things I have to do multiple things to complete. Because in my mind, the more things I have to do, that means the longer it's going to take to complete it. And then I get overwhelmed in my head. Then I get irritated. But um, this book really helped to bring that to light to me because I didn't realize that that was something that I was doing and something that I needed to address. And the last thing that I feel like I'm always rushing about is my success, quote unquote, with the whole Mom Keys to Mental Peace um, podcast and the platform. I want to hurry up and reach these podcast download numbers. I want to hurry up and build my email list. I want to hurry up and earn all this money. And I just really had to realize, like, why am I rushing life? (laughs) What am I in such a hurry to get to? And also God kind of brought to revelation to me, like, and I'll get into this later in my talk, but like, we all have a day that we're going to die, right? We know that as a human being, we have a date that we're born and a day that we die. So I realized as I'm just going through rushing, rushing, rushing through every task, trying to hurry up and accomplish all these things so fast, I'm rushing my death date, (laughs) Which when in reality, it's like when you sit back and think about it, it's like, man, I really need to slow down and just take this life one day at a time, one moment at a time. Whenever I have tasks, just take it one step at a time. Like, it's okay. I don't have to always hurry up and be finished with something. It's okay to go slow. So um, this book really helped me to see the importance of slowing down. Um, And then it pointed out some key points. I will say this book is um, a Christian book or it it has biblical references as well. So I love that about it. So this book pointed out that rushing equals irritation, right? And irritation is not from God because irritation is not love. First Corinthians 13 and five says that love is not irritable. It's in the text. So that um, convicted me, especially when it comes to, you know, rushing my children and getting irritated with them because they're taking too long to put their shoes on or taking too long to zip their jacket up. It's like that irritation or that energy that I'm giving them, trying to rush them to do it. 
is not from a place of love and it's not of God. So that really convicted me um, for that. Also, he pointed out some signs to um, pay attention to in your body um, to let you know that you're starting to rush yourself or be in a hurry. So you start to feel overwhelmed, irritation, moving quickly, starting to make more frequent mistakes. I've definitely experienced that or just unable to think and process through a task. Those are signs that you are in a state of rushing and you just need to take a moment, breathe and slow down and really fully evaluate what you have in front of you. And last but not least in this book, he um, emphasized the importance of the Sabbath, right? Which is one day out of the seven day week that we are supposed to rest. And he goes into detail about, you know, it doesn't have to be Sunday at church. It could be a Wednesday or a Thursday or whatever day. It doesn't have to only be Sunday. But um, I just want to share some scripture on, you know, what God has to say about the Sabbath and what that should look like in our lives. So this is Deuteronomy chapter five, verses 12 through 14. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Um, so I recently picked up a new side hustle, um, door dashing. I've been doing it for about two to three weeks now, and I will have an episode of my experience with that coming up soon. But I I realized that I love to make money. <laughs> um, any task or something that I can do, I don't mind doing it if I know that there's some money on the other end of it, right? Now, that's not to say that I'm out here doing whatever or anything, but if it's something that I enjoy, I'm motivated by making money, right? So I had to keep in mind about this Sabbath and the resting and working six days, but not the one day once I picked up this side hustle because I wanted to dash on Sundays. Um, but I felt the Holy Spirit telling me if I dash on Sundays, then I'm out of line for the Sabbath. And also I didn't um, put this scripture in it, but the Sabbath is a part of the 10 commandments that we are supposed to observe the Sabbath day, keep it holy so that means that that goes in line with thou shall not lie, thou shall not steal, thou shall not kill, right? Um, we kind of measure like, oh, well, that's a big command to follow compared to the Sabbath being like a small command, but it's a command period <laughs> from God, right? There's no hierarchy on which ones are more important. So um, it's very tempting for me to dash on Sundays. I'll click that app and see like that my area is busy or accepting dashers. But I am, you know, mindful to remember, like, God doesn't want me to work seven days a week. He said I can work six days a week, but he doesn't want me to work seven. And I feel like in not working that seventh day, I'm saying that, hey, God, I trust you. Um, and I trust that if I don't work one day out of this week, that you will be able to still meet my needs. So that was my first lesson of the year is to slow down. I have not mastered it, but I'm for sure more aware of those moments when I am in a in a rush. Okay, 
The second lesson that I learned in 2023 is to document and reflect on highlights in my life frequently. So if you follow me on social media, then you have seen that all this year, I have kept track of the highlights of my life every month this year. Um, I do this in the notes section of my phone and I record major and some minor moments um, that happen for that month. So what really motivated me to start this is that I realized that it's easy to go through the motions and forget our experiences. So I originally started doing this maybe a year or so ago where I would um, write on a sticky note like an answer prayer request or something from God. But this year I was like, I want to be more you know, intentional about my months. So at the end of last year, this is where it came from. Um, I cannot think of her name right now. I know she was on Blackish. She wasn't the big sister. She was the um, brown skin sister with the glasses and she was supposed to be a twin. I can't remember her name right now. I think it's Marche. But um, last year I saw that she posted from her notes section, like the highlights of her 2022 year. And I was like, wow, that was a good idea. So I took that idea and decided to keep the highlights of every month instead. Um, So this helped me to be really intentional about what was going on in my month, to think about it and reflect on it and remember it. Um, I recently watched an interview with Tyler Perry where he said that he feels like he missed 12 years of his life from being in tunnel vision mode and working all the time. Um, He made the comment that, you know, someone could show him a picture of them at an event like, man, you remember this? You remember going here, X, Y, Z? And he's like, literally in his mind, he does not remember it or he remembers bits and pieces of it, but not the whole experience in total because he was in such go mode, tunnel vision mode that he didn't really get to experience those moments. So I will say that, you know, doing this activity is probably something I'm going to do the rest of my life. Um, I probably want to do it in more written form because I'm all about, you know, legacy and leaving things behind for my children to still, you know, have a piece of me, you know, God granted um, that I leave before them. So I think I might want to write out um, my highlights for next year and put them in a jar, you know, because in my phone it's just me seeing them (laughs) Um, besides what I share on social media. But doing this exercise throughout this year helped me to silence a lot of lies that I told myself in my head. So I found myself in a funk where I would say things like, I don't ever do anything. Nobody ever invites me anywhere or I never have time to myself. But going through each month and looking back is like, oh, Watari, you did that. Oh, Watari, you went there. Oh, well, you did this or such and such invited you here. It's like, Wow, as I'm reading it, I get to sit, you know, for a minute and think and reflect back like, oh, yeah, that was fun. Oh, yeah, I do remember us doing that. Oh, wow, I'm going to have to do that again. Oh, wow, that was so funny. Or, oh, wow, I felt so sad. Or, wow, I didn't think that I would make it out of that situation, but look how God moved, right? So I'm moving ahead in my notes. This exercise also helped me to reflect on God's track record. So I was able to see some answered prayers throughout the month, and I was able to um, record the experiences that I had with the Holy Spirit throughout the month as well. There were certain scriptures that the Holy Spirit revealed to me where it was like, I did not find that on my own. I clearly was led here. 
Um, there were answered prayers that I was able to experience. So um, I know at the beginning of the year, starting, I believe, in like January, I started planning for the um, Money Mindset live event, which if you um, have listened to this podcast, you can go back. It's an episode called Don't Be Afraid to Fail, Be Afraid Not to Try, where I talk about how I, I heard God say, I want you to do this event, but I did not sell enough tickets for it. So it was really cool to see the documentation of, okay, me getting the idea for it. Okay. Me booking the building, me booking the speakers, things like that. And then saying, oh, well, it didn't come to pass, but just seeing the track record of that and what I did each month leading up to it was amazing. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I highly suggest that you try to do this um, next year. Um, it's easier for me, like I said, in my phone because it's right there. But I do want to start like handwriting them out um, just to have like a, a tangible piece of that experience. All right. And the third and final lesson that I learned, um, this is, again, part one. I'll have part two next week. But the third thing that I learned in 2023 is to live life with eternity in mind. All right, y'all. So this one's real heavy. Um so I used to be very, very scared and terrified of the thought of dying. And I can think about this fear. I think it goes back as young as like six years old. I know I still lived in um, D.C. At this, time, at this time when I had those thoughts and fears where I would just lay in my bed with my eyes open, scared to go to sleep um, because I was scared about going to hell um, or just the unknown about life after after death. I really was terrified about that. Um, so recently I learned that the gospel helps to take away the fear of death. All right. So I'm going to give you some scripture to kind of back that up. So the first um, the first point for why we should not be afraid of death is because Jesus already defeated death. Okay. Revelations um, chapter one, verses 18 says, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. Um, another truth that you know helps us to not be afraid of death is that Jesus is our redeemer. And I recently, um, I'm doing a, a Bible study currently in the book of Job. And he mentions something about, you know, we need a redeemer. He needs a redeemer. And this was before Jesus even came to this world. But um, in the notes section of that scripture, it said that a redeemer is a family member who pays for your release from slavery. Right. And if we know anything about scripture or God's word, being in sin is a form of being in slavery. So God, Jesus is our redeemer. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, that slavery, according to the riches of his grace. And the last point for why we should not be afraid of death is that um, we have been saved from our sins already, period. John 3, um, chapter 7, excuse me, John chapter 3, verse 17 says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Okay. So going back to the main point, live life with eternity in mind. Um, 
learning those truths and hearing that scripture, it kind of helps to relieve the fear of death that I used to have in my mind as a six-year-old, because I didn't really understand, you know, what that meant, what that looked like and how I was supposed to live my life knowing that (laughs) this was at the end of it. Like this was the ultimate final destination of my life is death. So um, that really helped me. But also this makes me reflect on things that I let bother me or goals that I try to rush to get to, right? So things like not having enough money, gaining possessions like a house, a car, clothes, certain life achievements and degrees, um, just success according to the world standards. It just makes me question, will any of this matter in eternity, (laughs) right? Will any of these things matter in eternity? The amount of money you have in your bank account, the size of your house, the number of degrees you have, the number of trophies that you have, the number of clothes and shoes and all these things that you have. This is what I'm getting at with living life with eternity in mind and asking yourself that question. Will any of this matter in eternity? Right now, the next question to ask after that is, what will truly matter in eternity, right? What will matter is how I managed what God gave me. So how I managed my family, my husband, my children, um, the gifts and talents that he gave me. It makes me think about that parable in Matthew um, about the, the king going off and leaving them with possessions to manage. And he comes back and it's like, well, what you do with it? And everybody's telling how they multiplied, except for that one who was like, well, I hid it and I didn't do anything with it. In eternity, it's going to matter how I manage what God gave me. I have to give an account for how I handled the things that he gave me. Another thing that will matter in eternity is how many souls I have helped to reconcile back to God. Um, Now, I feel like with me on this platform, I'm very open about my faith. I'm very open about my relationship with Jesus and I try to be intentional about sharing, you know, things that help me in hopes that you use it <laughs> to go back and and build your relationship with God or to get closer to him or whatever that may look like for you. So I pray that, you know, from this podcast, from this platform, that I am reconciling souls back to God from what I'm sharing here. Now, I will say, I feel like I have to get better about those one-on-one conversations where it's like, hey, do you know Jesus? (laughs) You know, just walking up to people. Um, I feel really nervous about doing that, but I just pray that my life shows that, okay, she has a relationship with God. She knows Jesus. What is it that she's doing that, you know, I can do or that she can show me so that I can build that relationship with God as well? Um, So that's my hopes for that. And I pray that when I get to eternity, that that's something that I have done that please God. (coughs) Excuse me. Another thing that matters for eternity is living a life that has evidence of the fruits of the spirit. So we know about those in um, Galatians, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, long suffering, self-control, um, how you live and pretty much, um, I've explained this before. Those are pretty much the character traits of God. Your fruit equals your character. (laughs) So that will matter in eternity. So if you're somebody that's always got like secret motives or, 
manipulative and just always has an evil intent behind things that you do, that's going to matter in eternity. (laughs) It's something to think about. Um, Another thing that will matter in eternity is my obedience to God. Did I follow, you know, the instructions he gave me in his word? Did I follow the instructions that he gave me through the Holy Spirit speaking to me and telling me things to do? Was I in tuned enough to hear and to to be obedient to what I heard? Or was there too much noise and I was just too distracted that I never even heard God tell me what to do? Therefore, I wasn't able to be obedient because I, I couldn't hear from him. So that's going to matter. Um, Another thing that will matter in eternity is your heart posture and the motives behind what you do that goes back to that character. And last but not least, your praise and worship to God. Do you um, express your your gratitude to God? Do you praise God? Do you honor God and, you know, put him in the place he's supposed to be in your life? Is he first in your life or does he come after everything else that you have going on? Do you worship God and not just singing worship songs at church (laughs) or singing worship songs in your car? Like, does your life fully show that I I worship God? I'm I'm living a surrendered life to him. Um, All of that is going to matter in eternity. Now, I want to give y'all this scripture because this is definitely not what I want to happen to me. And I don't want it to happen to you either. So this is Matthew chapter seven, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me you who break God's laws. Again, that is Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. So, whoo child, I do not want God to tell me I never knew you. And I was recently listening to a podcast with um, Megan Ashley. She was a guest um, on someone's show and she pretty much brought that up, which kind of brought the... um, the point for today, like live life with eternity in mind, because she said that scripture and she was like, you know, I just want to do everything that God created me to do. And if you think about scripture, um, where in Jeremiah, where God is like, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb for him to know you before you were even in your mom's stomach to get to eternity. So this is your life after death to get to eternity and for him to say, I never knew you. Oh, oh my gosh. And pretty much the connection that she was making is like, of course he knows us, right? Cause he created us. He formed us. He's creator. But in this case, if he's saying he never knew you, that means he didn't know you as the person he created you to be right. We all have an assignment. We were all made for a specific reason for a specific thing. So if you are drifting off into your own will, doing your own thing all willy nilly, then you're going to be unfamiliar to God. He's not going to know who you are because that's not who he created you to be. So I definitely don't want to get to eternity. And God says, I never knew you get away from me. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't even know what to do. 
I wouldn't even know what to do. And I feel like we have to, again, live life with eternity in mind, because once you get to that point, ain't no turning back. (laughs) It's no turning back. Nobody can save you. Nobody can speak up for you. Nobody can vouch for you. It would just be you and God. Okay. So take, if, 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 the thought of death scares you or makes you nervous, really um, refer back to those scriptures that I shared earlier and those truths. Like, you know, Jesus is your redeemer. He's already saved you from your sins. Like he's already defeated death. Um, so you don't have to be afraid or this isn't to say, oh, you need to get your life right and be scared and, and, and move out of fear. It's more so of a heart posture. <laughs> like, wow, God, I care about why you created me and how you created me. So I want to do the things that is in your will. I want my desires to be your desires. I want my will to be your will, right? That's really all that means. We don't know the day or the hour of our time to go. Live life with eternity in mind, not out of fear, but of consideration for what you put your time, energy, effort, and emotions into. All right. So just a quick recap, three lessons I've learned so far in 2023 is to, where's number one? Okay. Slow down. There I go. Slow down. Um, Number two, document and reflect on highlights in your life frequently. And three, live life with eternity in mind. And the reflection question for today is, did any of these life lessons resonate with you? Could you see how, um, Maybe you can make some changes in the three areas that I mentioned, or where there's some things that happened in your life where you're like, yes, sis, I can relate. I've experienced that and I understand what you're talking about. All right. So that's all I have for you all today. Um, If you're not, please follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. I would love to have you join the Mom Keys to Mental Peace email list and community. It's free. Um, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you um, listen to the show. Also, be sure to subscribe to YouTube where I post a live videos there if you're a visual person. And be sure to rate, share, and leave a review. Um, Next year, I want to start to do like some listener shout outs. So if you listen on Apple, um, the Apple podcast platform, be sure to leave me a review, like type something out. Let me know how... um, you have been enjoying the show. Any episodes that have resonated with you this year, I would love to hear your feedback um, and give you a shout out on this show. All right. I will talk to you all next week. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.